0: You're listening to Ronan the Contrarian and I'm here with the laughing Time Lord himself. Good evening. How are you? And uh, this episode is called Farron the Homophobe because Tim Farron has been under quite a bit of pressure for daring to be a Christian and uh, they've been interrogating him about whether he believes homosexuality is a sin or not and the guy didn't want to get into it. Um, He's eventually sort of... Blurted out, well, of course it's not a sin, and that's not enough. It's not enough that he's made an abject, grovelling apology. They're still calling him a homophobe. uh, So, yes, have you heard about this one?
1: Well, not only have I heard about it, um, the really important detail that I guess you're leaving for me to put out is well, the uh, alleged grovelling apology was a very, very long time ago, Mm -hmm. and as far as I was concerned and lots of other people were concerned, this thing was dead and buried. Uh-huh. And so if honestly, in a general election in which the issue is which party is going to give us um, a good Brexit or <clears throat> overturn the worst of Brexit, and it looked like the, the Lib Dems were in some sort of danger of mm-hmm. taking a step out of the opposition, uh Rather than attacking the Lib Dems on specific statements that were made in the most number recently in a couple of days, mm-hmm. certain people decided to attack on an issue that was ancient and was more knee-jerk and trigger rather than actual policy.
0: Yeah, it's a dog whistle, dog whistle attack, basically, isn't it? It's like, oh, yeah. can can we get the um, you know the the LGBT allies and. You know, the the mob attacking him on the basis of, of not having the the pedestrian values as regards sort of sexuality. Um, and, and what gets me about that is that the people who've jumped on Tim Farron and are kind of desperate to denounce him as a homophobe, they haven't thought about how when they cast that net out of what they're calling homophobe, the, the the standard they're setting for what a homophobe is is so low that it kind of catches if it, if it's catching Tim Farron who is, is is sort of is, is I mean he, he's done everything by the book in terms of of the LGBT agenda and he's he's apologised when when they've said sort of oh you haven't voted the right way on this that and the other and never mind that actually the reason he didn't vote on uh, on the final passing of the the, the same sex marriage vote. Was to do with um, transgender rights, and he he felt like they weren't being recognised in the <laughs> so so. It's not that he was he he wasn't going along enough with with the agenda. It was that he
1: was he was he wanted to push it even further. Um, yeah, I so... I, per- I personally blame um um I I, I blame Alistair Campbell. Um, my theory is very simple. Alistair Campbell thought. Uh, things on the on on the alleged hard left were moving mm-hmm. along in such a good pace that, and in the genuine first of all, let's talk about the genuine news. Um, yeah, forty percent is it forty percent? No, it's, yeah, it's it's a massive percentage of people under forty. Mm-hmm. If they voted, mm-hmm. would return a majority, Labour government because they like, Corbyn. Now, what's the best way to get to that constituency? It's by, re- by, by, by by red herring the, this particular issue. Now, genuinely, if I really wanted to attack Farron, proper, strategically, I would be mm-hmm. saying, he said two things. In the last week, he was asked a simple question. Would you consider, in the case of a hung parliament, doing a coalition with the Labour Party? His answer was a straightforward no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was then asked the follow-up question, the logical question, would you consider a coalition with the Conservatives? And he says, why, well, yes, of course. So basically, if I was the hard left, I would be attacking Farron on that simple statement, that, that, that absolute unshakable thought that if mm-hmm. there was ever going to be a hung parliament out of this election, mm-hmm. that the Tories would be back in power. So really, what is this election about getting rid of the Tories? If you want to get rid of the Tories, vote Labour. If you want to keep the Tories, vote them. Mm-hmm. It's as mm-hmm. simple as that. It doesn't matter what Farron's stance on anything else is. Mm-hmm. But in doing in doing what they've done, they they cast the net out and, and piss off a whole bunch of people and achieve probably nothing anyways. Yeah,
0: and, and um, you know, whoever's running, for example, the Red Labour page, they're not bothered with the fact that the they're, they're alienating you, you know i mean they're based in Durham. that the, there is a big traditionalist sort of left-wing labor voting constituency there and and they're just saying to me when i when i pull them up on on the you know the fact that they are so anti-christian um and, and they say oh we we don't care about having those votes and it's like well you know you can't you, you can't preach unity and no. then and then and then kind of just demonize people who you want well, well, you should want the vote off, but they don't seem to want the Well, those vote people
1: off. live in an echo chamber. I, I come mm-hmm. from a political culture that, that states the simple, basic idea that if you want your political philosophy to prevail, you have to win. Mm-hmm. What do you have to do to win to get your political philosophy into 10 Downing Street without watering it down too much? Mm-hmm. Right? To practical politics. Well, the people we're talking about, those people are more than happy, in some cases, to be in opposition because it's so much simpler to be in opposition. You don't have the responsibility of of doing anything. Oh well, we could do something, but you know the electorate didn't vote for us. Well, you know, of course, it didn't vote for you because you're practicing the same old, practicing the same old politics. There was this wonderful moment during the Corbin Corbin Mark One, when people like myself and others, who had always been somewhere, we always thought of ourselves as the warm, fuzzy center of of socialism, A, were drawn into the left, proper left, or were made to understand that we probably had always been hard left, uh, but had always felt a little bit embarrassed by the whole thing because of, of the people in the echo chamber. And when we outnumbered the people in the echo chamber, it was a great place to be, it was a sweet place to be. Mm-hmm. And the echo chamber went quiet with those people. Suddenly, they're beginning to flex their muscles again. And it's really upsetting because, you know, we, I thought we'd built a coalition. So who, who are you talking about here? Uh, we're talking about um, a handful of people who, I guess, some who would be allied with red labor, some who would be allied in the, uh, a number of trade union uh, movements that have always had pretty much the, the stage to themselves. You know, now suddenly they're having to compete with other people. Right? Yeah, I'm still not sure who who exactly you mean, but <laughs> oh yes, yeah, I, 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 yeah. yes, fish, but, but no, fish, I, fish, fish. Well, there'll, fish, there'll fish, be a lot of people more. listening
0: who won't be sure either. Some people, I'm sure, will make sense of everything you've just said. But, oh yes, um,
1: well, you know what? The, for those that it makes sense, yeah, you know what? <laughs> you know, you know who I'm talking about, and those that don't know what i'm who i'm talking about well get involved in momentum get involved in red labor get involved in your local uh, labor constituency party or the greens or whatever and uh, you see what i said greens is this will get me in trouble with the compliance unit because i mentioned p- posh, possibly you know that you can cooperate well, with
0: them I, I mean i don't need to worry about the compliance unit thanks god thank, thank god although i have had in the last week um some somebody in Labour threatening to report me to the NEC again and again. It's over this issue we're talking about of kind of demonising Christians particularly, and it's because I'm a, a, a basically because I was pro life, and this guy's um you, you know thre- threatening me with the NEC, um, oh, which and anyway, where I wanted to kind of move this on slightly yeah, yeah. was um, was the Sanders thing where. Bernie Sanders has come out in support of, I can't remember if it's one or two pro life candidates, one pro life candidate. Um, and the DNC chair has come out and said this, this is absolutely unacceptable and every single Democrat has to be a pro choicer. And what's surprising to me is that even Nancy Pelosi has come out on Bernie Sanders' side. Um, Nancy Pelosi, who, like, you know, practically every Catholic in the States, Thinks that you know she she shouldn't be allowed to take communion because of a very public pro-abortion stance, but even she's saying kind of yeah Bernie Sanders is right stop stop excluding people simply because they, they disagree on this one issue you know, um, but we're not seeing that over here we're not seeing that from Corbyn who's just ignoring what what anybody on on the left who who disagrees with abortion is saying um, all we're getting from the likes of Red Labour Momentum is this absolute shit about how we hate women and, and how it's a clump of cells. And it's like, it's it's so simplistic what they're saying and it's just pure demonization that it's not even worth sort of addressing the actual argument. But just say, please, stop it. Stop with the, the demonization. It's stupid. Um, and, and the whole thing, oh, you don't have a uterus. So, you know, they never say that to the men who agree with them by the way it's (laughs) and quite often it'll be men saying that to you as well that if you don't have a uterus you don't have a a right to say anything um but you know i'm I'm, i I know dozens of pro-life women who think the same as me so you you know that doesn't count either but it's just you know it's got to stop the whole demonization well
1: i had a conversation with somebody recently um on another topic um a nice central English type, typical person mm-hmm. who believed that it was okay for him to, quote unquote, take me up on every single potential issue in, in the way that I speak and what I, in what I say, mm-hmm. including calling me rude, unsympathetic, um, classist, etc., etc., and also that I upset him a couple of different times when I pointed out to him that I was merely being polite, when mm-hmm. I didn't point out the number of times that he was being presumptuous mm-hmm. and, and was in fact insulting <clears throat> to some of the very people he thought he was being, you know, all, all you know, lovey-dovey with, uh-huh. he, he then just got more upset. You know, I can't, I can't, there's, there's an intellectual falseness to these particular types of conversations, if you want to even mm-hmm. call them that, Their people are in their comfort zones, there's a song by a band. I urge people to listen to it. Um, the band is Petrol Girls. Go on YouTube. And it's called Restless. The song is Restless. The opening line is, I'll make you motherfuckers restless. Right? Nice simple statement from a punk rock girl from down by London saying, I'm going to make you uncomfortable. I want you to think about the issues that are out there. There's nothing that's absolutely closed in so solid a way, maybe slavery, but not much else. Open your eyes, open your ears, open your brains. I'm going to make you restless whether you like it or not. That's our job. Mm-hmm. The hard left in this town has not been restless in a very long time. It, the, the, the 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 person who wrote this song also has a song uh, about how difficult it is to be an activist on the left in this country at this time. And, and it is to do everything with the hardness of the positions being taken by some people and the orthodoxy of those positions and the inability to walk away from certain thoughts that have been formed and poured in stone, carved in stone 10 years ago and 15 years ago. Some things are sand. Did Karl Marx say anything about all things that are solid? Right? Is there not a time to, to examine where we are every other time that's what passover is for that's what easter is for i was
0: about to pause it but you've brought Marx up and yeah which is an opportunity for me to say why the f- is everybody obsessed with Marx? he I, I mean i remember reading when i was in my early 20s engel's book about family and marriage and it was i was kind of too young to know any better but it was all this anti-family shit um, and and like when, when you consider how how anti family Marx and Engels were, the only way, and, and that, that, that carries through throughout socialism, you know, it's suspicious of the family. The family really is the fundamental social unit of, of civilization, of humanity. Um and socialism sets itself at war with it. Um it's see and, and because the family unit is is kind of it's about the only unit where socialism will actually work. So when when state socialism comes along, it sees the family as a threat and it starts getting the kids to spy on the on the parents, and then you get the the sort of the language policing and um yeah, I can't understand why when people see how they thought of the family,
1: they bother reading the rest of it. To be honest, however, Ronan, I would you know say that the Bible equally has some contentious books in it. You know that despite my having discovered my Judaic roots and 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 values, which have never actually been gone. I'm, so, how you're comparing uh, Marx to the Bible now? Yeah, well, absolutely, because they're you know what they're both articles of faith in some ways. Okay, uh, if you've read the Communist Manifesto, it's like 14 pages long. But okay, it's not huge. There, there are other bits of Marx that are longer and more complex, but the point is that. Within the Bible, there are certain parts of it, you know, that, that call for for us to stone and to kill and to, you know what's that where's that delicious bit of the Bible you were reading to me? Do you remember the one that you read it that it was this pure filth? A lot. Oh Without...
0: that oh that's um Ezekiel, yeah, yeah, where it's it's about a and a who represents Samaria and Jerusalem remember mm-hmm. which is which. Um but I th- think from what i've read they're also believed to kind of be slightly based on his wife who was a bit of a bit of a whore from the sounds of it and uh yeah it's all about how these women will basically have sex with all these hordes of men coming from the east persians and africans and ethiopians hung like donkeys with who, who ejaculate like horses yeah yeah that's all in the
1: yeah bottom. so so yeah. you know while marx may not have any ejaculating donkeys in it um Many ejaculating donkeys believe that you know Marx is is as powerful as any chapter of the Bible. I don't take any text to be so holy as to be 100 percent accurate and perfect. Uh, that's kind of the point here. Um, I'm not cherry picking the bits of the Bible that I like, but I am saying, however, and you're laughing because you think I am. But 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 what I'm saying is that you know. There are ways of reading any of the four books they're the the New Testament and trying to extrapolate certain things that aren't there. The text is the text mm-hmm. okay read it it's pretty straightforward. there's stuff that's being said in there that give you you know decent life lessons to be a good person it doesn't anything it doesn't say anything about you know being horrible to people because they're ill in fact if anything it's it's the opposite. Be nice to the tax collector. Be nice to the to the person who has terminal diseases and is never going okay, and may even the, be contagious.
0: for Marx though, and the fact that you know Marx is you compare. I, I don't really know why you even bring the Bible into the conversation. All I've said is that Marx is he's, because he's, he's got a because Marx a pretty is pretty old, anti-family bent. Marx him, is him being Engels.
1: Marx is being used as as a holy book. Mm-hmm. Marx and Engels are are the holy prophets of the left, at least the atheistic left. Uh-huh. Okay, that, that's, that's the five-second version of what I'm saying. Um, so, you know, their holy book is their holy book. As a as a religious person, as someone who's raised as a Catholic, the mm-hmm. Bible is my holy book, so as long as Torah is well as well, you know. But um, I do not take what's written in Torah and in the Bible... Absolutely, literally Especially bits that were translated From 15 languages over time And bit, you know, Torah, however Is like the original Hebrew And uh, so it's really hard to Misinterpret You know, as long as you're good at Hebrew I think we've sort of Drifted a bit here But Yeah, yeah I, I mean think it's sort of like bring it well, back well, it's a,
0: Yeah, yeah, it was my fault Because you mentioned Marx And I went off on one of, about Marx Because I can't understand why <laughs> Why, why he said Because I mean, we've had the conversation at the at the counterfire meetings about family, and I, I've always been quite heartened that I'm surrounded by all these lefties, but they will defend the idea of family as well. and That's kind of a good thing. They haven't been totally sort mm-hmm. of uh, brainwashed by by the anti-family side of, of socialism. But I suppose my I, I don't know how we're going to bring this back, but I, I do think kind it's of socialism editing. socialism in in Britain has always been kind of tempered by Christianity and so in Britain particularly it's always shown its best face so we've got the NHS. Um, you know I mean the NHS is probably the greatest thing that socialism has has achieved I would say um, and it's largely down to 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 a, to a Christian basis um, even even if, if not all the people are Christian who, who built the NHS it's a kind of you know the wanting to look after the sick and the vulnerable. Make sure that that they're not impoverished by getting sick. That's that was a, a Christian urge that that created it, and and I think both both the left and the kind of the the people who who use socialism as a scare term mm-hmm. need to kind of recognize the Christian,
1: which brings, the us, Christian to, basis of brings us to brings us to a point that I actually made in the not so good broadcast, which you people are not going to hear because it, it was a bit all over the place. You can edit that bit, some of it out. Um, it's simply this: if we're going to demonize people for homophobic positions, well, let's make sure they genuinely are proper homophobes. I mean, like really, really awful, dyed-in-the-wool, guilty as charged. Uh, let's not just use it as as, as as like a tool, because that's unfair and it and it cheapens the term. Yeah, yeah. Well, this idea that homophobia is coming
0: from the churches. Um, you know, when, when when somebody gets beaten up on the streets and, and, and when there's gangs roaming around queer bashing, it's not the guys who turn up at church, because hardly any guys turn up at church anyway, but the ones who do turn up are far more likely to actually be gay. And, and it just doesn't make sense that you're saying being Christian equates with. Mm. And, and um, the number of people I've met through the church who who either identify themselves as is uh, same sex attracted which is what they say instead of being gay or who are happy to just say that they're gay um quite quite a lot and and they're often the most sort of staunch orthodox people when it comes to sexuality as well um and it just doesn't make any sense to call them to call them homophobic unless you're going to do the whole self-hating gay thing which I think that's a low blow, whoever you do that to, you know, whether you're calling people self-hating women or Jews or whatever, because you're kind of, you're assuming they can't talk for themselves. Well, I'm guilty as charged Um, on
1: both counts because, (laughs) as I explained before, I have Jewish heritage, strong Jew, and because of my mother being Mm. of a... Though, you know, it does bring up a serious point. Uh, About 10 years ago, there was a conversation within the artistic acting community uh, that... You were beginning to get a lot of gay characters on television and in film, but they were called safe, dry, whatever the term was, gay characters. They 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 never kissed anybody. They were never in a relationship. It was I was is the, you know. Oh, he's my weird friend Carl. He's gay, mm. and and he has like OCD and he says funny things and and he's like over the top, but he's he's never in a serious relationship. He's never seen as having relationship problems you never see his partner there's there's never a bedroom scene there's never uh an issue positive or negative that's raised outside of the oh isn't he like really amusing just mm-hmm. sort of little box ticking same mm-hmm. gay character yeah you know And maybe that's kind of maybe that's kind of the issue, because if you have somebody who's in the priesthood who is, in fact, saying, you know, well, yes, I'm gay, but I don't want to do anything about it because my sexuality is sublimated by the fact that I'm married to God.
0: Or even just anybody who, well, doesn't have sex, basically. Yeah. But anybody who's a virgin is a threat to, to some people. You know, it's taken as a judgment if you have certain standards. And that you, you know that I, I'm I'm convinced that's behind why the Virgin Mary is so hated by by certain people as well. Um, you know, it's it's like what what's what is this threat that virginity presents to to these people? I suppose this is this is the root of what this is at the root of all this hate that you get for being pro life for for being orthodox in, in your view on sexuality. Is the people who who hate on you for that they don't want to have a sex a, a sensible <laughs> conversation about sex? They, they want to shy away from it and they, they want to call... I mean, you were relating to me a conversation you had with some activists on the local scene. Yeah, you were talking about the big market and I assume the things you were talking about were things like underage sex, the, the STD rate, probably drugs, um, certainly lots of alcohol um, with, with vulnerable young women. Um, and, and vulnerable young men, and frankly. You, and you were... Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, often men... Get kind of forget about it, well, boys really, especially yeah. they're children, they're children, um, all of them are
1: children, really. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and kind of, I mean, it was going on when I was at school, and the teachers are quite aware of it and are quite aware that when it is as you're approaching Friday night, that all these kids are going to go out to the big market that night and and get absolutely smashed, and they'll all be talking about it. And but the teachers turn a blind eye, the police don't really care either. Um, but then you bring it up in front of some lefty activists and you get accused of being judgmental and that we're not meant to talk about this, but exactly what I get told to shut up for all the time. Um, the the pro-life thing, um, it's, it's kind of taken as somehow we're being judgmental, but you know, we've got to talk about how, how is sexuality unfolding in Mm. our, in our culture and you're not even allowed to kind of describe what's going on because you get accused
1: of. See, judgmentalism. I, I well, we will start off. We we'll start off at the base of the discussion, which is there's a, there's a statement that states that 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 men and women of a consent age have mm-hmm. an absolute liberty to the activities they wish to have with their bodies. Mm-hmm. Okay, that sex is not a, an act of reproduction. Sex is an act of a of, of, of feeling of of of, of uh, passion, of love, of of emotional uh, explosion Mm -hmm. of feelings and it's a sort of recreational act that you can do Mm -hmm. and we should not judge the activity of these people. These are Mm -hmm. the same people that we would clearly judge if they drank too much or took Mm. too much drugs. If you do anything in excess, if you do anything in a reckless fashion, you Mm. won't be judged. However, sexual sexual activity, I'm doing the setup here, sexual activity is viewed as a sort of a sacred cow, where even if it is, at the end of the day in your head, you're going like, you're 15, why are you doing this? Mm. And how many other people have you had sex with tonight? Was Mm. it protected? Do you even know where the other ones have been? Mm -hmm. What is the STD rate going to be? It takes one person with a a sexually transmitted disease to get half a dozen people in the big market infected. Who Mm. will infect somebody else? Who would infect somebody else? Mm -hmm. Is that not irresponsible? Should we not be doing something about it? Clearly not, because we're not even allowed to talk about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you see the... There's two two different posters that I want to bring up now. We've gone totally way off the subject into something probably a bit more interesting than the where we started, which was far in the Homophobe. But um, yeah, two two posters that I've seen around Newcastle. One of which, quite recently, I think it's from Northumbria Police, and it's about sort of Jim and Phyllis or whatever who get pissed, and um, and he gets done for rape the next night because she's pissed. And it's like, well, hang on. <laughs> Why, why is it him who's the rapist? If, if they both drank, um, how do you know it was him who took advantage? You know, and this this kind of assumption that, that men are rapists. Um, I mean, we do live in an incredibly anti-man culture, really. Um, and, and yet all we hear being screamed about is women's rights. Um, people talk about rape culture. Rape culture, you know, the only rape that people sort of laugh about and make jokes about is, is rape of men in prisons. It's that's, that's rape culture. And, <clears throat> and, 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 yet we're, we're hearing all this, this nonsense about women, women being raped so much. And it's like, well, it affects both sets and it's only kind of socially acceptable for one group. And that's men in prison, you know, um, gone totally off the topic again. What we were- no, 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 <laughs> this is brilliant. This is
1: brilliant. I, I, I will say this. I will say this. Um, while there, there, there is a basis, the traditional definition of rape, which is uh, forced sexual activity on another person, regardless of mm-hmm. their sexuality, it's rape, okay? Oh. Having said that, <clears throat> and this is no way an equivocation, but if you take two people who are absolutely off their heads mm-hmm. and just going with their emotion and their, their animalistic urges, waking up the next morning and saying, well, I was pissed and he was pissed or she was pissed and I was pissed and suddenly saying that it's rape, mm-hmm. you were pissed. Both of you were pissed mm-hmm. out of your minds and you did irresponsible things. You can take responsibility for that and never do it again, mm-hmm. right? Or you can go off and, and you know, be the victim mm-hmm. and blame other people. At the end of the day, it still happened because both of you, and we're talking about big market now in certain places on a Friday night or a Saturday night in Newcastle. Mm -hmm. Both of you had no control over your own emotions and your desires. All you saw was like sex. I I know animals who have more control over their, their their. their urges mm. than some humans on a Friday that's, night. That's
0: that's the root of, of what's politically incorrect. Though you're not allowed to say it to people, "You ought to discipline yourself when it comes to sexuality." Everything else, you know, you're expected to behave like a civilized human being. I mean, there's there's, there's sex is like kind of, you know, oh, you
1: know, you. <laughs> I mean, there's even the, there's there's a there's a there's a, there's the, you, there's a sort of a weird set of rules amongst bros, right? One of which is like a bro will not go after another bro's lass, because mm-hmm. it's wrong. You don't do that. It's it's your bro, right? Uh, and so I mean, that 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 it has to do with sex. It has to do with responsibility. You know, it, it's why why are you being disrespectful of somebody else's relationship? Mm-hmm. Because you what that means is that you're not bringing sex to a simple animalistic act. It's part of a relationship. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. Relationships bring you to family, bring you to mm. uh, being together so you can raise children at some mm. point mm. in the future. And you can't do that if you're just going to you know, shag everything that moves. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember who it is who pointed this out, but when you look at a lot of the, the sort of secular atheist politician types, people like Alistair Campbell um, or Harriet Harman say these these sort of you know bland new laborite politicians who will push this um kind of sexual freedom agenda and uh, you know pro-abortion and um you know everybody has to have condoms and contraception we have to assume that nobody's got any self-control so you resolve it all with with artificial contraception and abortion um the way they actually live themselves whether they actually get married or not they will live as if they're married they will raise their children in a household which is a married household with a mother and a father and they'll have it for themselves and they'll live a comfortable middle class wealthy life where they they have their family and they give the kids all the privileges of having two parents in the household and what have you and yet they'll preach to the working classes that none of this is important that marriage isn't important they'll create you know perverse incentives for families to split up because they get more money from the government if they split up and live between two households and you know it's um you get this kind of conspiracy theory from from the right, which says this is all part of a Marxist conspiracy to uh, to sort of to undermine the the and I don't know if I would go that far, but there's certainly is hypocrisy it, it, in the way they live compared to what they preach and what they push through say the u n and mm-hmm. and other transnational bodies like that where where they push this ideology of sexual freedom. So, you've been listening to Ronan the Contrarian, so it's goodbye from me and.
1: Goodbye from me. Uh, Catch me on the radio uh, next week, Tuesday, 6 pm to 8 pm. Nova Radio Northeast, Uh, that's novaradio.co.uk. Use the app. And uh, Ronan, you can catch pretty much anytime. Anytime just click on
0: the thing. Facebook's the best place to get in touch. There's a group, a closed group for Ronan the Contrarian. Um, I've also got my personal facebook page there's also a page for me um if you want to email it's Contrarian at gmail.com um and hopefully we'll be getting the third podcast out soon because i've been meaning to reply to jason dupier and his feedback about talking about healthcare in the united states so that's bound to be interesting so uh, yes keep listening and we'll catch you next time
1: adios